This special edition of the In The Money Players podcast is brought to you by our friends at Naira Bets. Want to make sure that listeners know this probably doesn't apply to that many listeners because you probably already have Naira Bets accounts, but maybe you've got friends who are going to the track. We know that happens enough. Naira Bets has a $200 deposit match sign-up offer if you use the promo code TOGA200. Folks who want to know what's going on in terms of the Fox TV schedule, in case you can't get enough of that Kinchin guy, naira.com slash saratoga slash racing slash tv hyphen schedule you know what i'm going to create a pretty link for that one so it's going to be a lot easier for you folks as the year goes along it'll be something like in the money podcast.com slash tv we'll get you the full schedule and there's this weekly saratoga online contest we want you to know about 300 bucks gets you to play that and the free game the saratoga showdown you can win prizes there go to the naira website hunt around under Saratoga for that stuff. Hello and welcome. This is Peter Thomas Fornital. I'm not in Saratoga. I'm not in Brooklyn. I'm still in Maine getting ready to travel. This is an unscheduled show because we had a kind of unexpected pick six carryover yesterday. I say unexpected in that you had the favorite win the last. I would have thought maybe somebody would have hit it. They didn't. We're the beneficiaries. And to talk about it here with me from InTheMoneyPodcast.com, we have Nick Tamaro. Nick, how are things? I'm doing great, Pete, and I, I share your sentiment. I'm very surprised that uh, the six is not covered in the nightcap, being a pretty clear favorite, but we'll take it. It's a good, uh, good leftover, good souvenir from the opening day card. My only theory, and it's, it's not really based on anything other than interviews I did many, many moons ago with some people doing computer modeling, one technique some modelers would have is they would only play pick six combinations that they thought would pay above a certain marker, okay? So it wouldn't be uncommon in the last leg to have, just theoretically, four mid-prices, but not the two favorites. Maybe somebody messed up with their their calculations. Also, we've talked about this on the Saratoga pregame show, uh, pre-meet show we did with, with Sean Borman and JK, this idea that computers don't have the same access in the Naira Pick 6. They're file uploading like retail players as opposed to having any kind of direct bet very quickly access. Maybe somebody's ticket just didn't get in. Who knows what happened? But yeah, we're the beneficiaries. We're not going to question it too much. And I'll ask you the, the question I usually spring on you without without prepping. Do you know the amount of this uh, pick six carryover today? It's uh, right around 120000 Um I believe it was one ticket that was alive to a couple of horses, the four, five, nine, and 11. And, um, and it ended up being the six, of course, and the exact number on that carryover is 123.65. 123.65. It's also possible, somebody suggested, that um, this was a, a very sharp player who didn't think, who somehow just in their reckoning of the race, just didn't think the favorite would be value, so left them out. Not a great thing when you're looking to scoop a pick six, unfortunately, but hey, it happens. Let's talk about this carryover sequence and see how we can maybe cut some of this uh, 120-odd thousand out for ourselves. We kick off in race five, 35K claimers going a mile and a 16th on the turf. From a, Now, you can read Nick's full analysis here and every day in themoneypodcast.com, but in terms of this pick six, how do you see structuring the first leg of the ticket? Yeah, I think, unfortunately, it's going to be a sequence where you're going to have to lean in the first leg on the 10 Alice Prince, who's going to be a pretty solid favorite. He followed up a maiden, a pretty game maiden win with uh, uh, the best effort that anybody put forth of late when he was sixth in a starter allowance for 50. 
at Belmont. And, you know, like a lot of other trainers that are trying to win the, the title, Todd Pletcher realistically is one of two trainers who could win the title. He's going to spot his horses aggressively. And I think Al's Prince going in for a tag kind of shows that he fits for 40, 35,000 or so. And I think this race came up probably a little weaker than par. If you're using a, a buyer par of 81, you're going to see virtually no one in here who's put forth that kind of effort consistently on the turf at, at, uh, at pretty much any level. And, and the thing about Al's Prince's last race is that when you watch the replay of that race, and this isn't a terribly nuanced way of analyzing prior races, but the race was completely dominated on the inside. And he was outside chasing the whole way. He uh, won two finishers. The winner wired. The, the second-place finisher came up the rail. Third-place finisher came up the rail. So it was just a, a situation where Al's Prince was a little out of position. I think he's going to run well in here. Javier Castellano scored three wins on opening day, uh, continued a, a very strong and kind of under-the-radar Belmont meet. And I think people will notice that Javier still has plenty of uh, – of ability, so I picked a 10, 12, 2. In, in a perfect world, I would be able to use the, the 2, 9, and 12 as backups, uh, maybe even a little bit of the 5, and just kind of loan A the 10 because this thing's going to get really tough as the sequence goes on. It's very, very tricky. Yeah, that's a fair point about Javier Castellano. Rumors of his demise greatly exaggerated. One horse that you mentioned as one of your backups is the one that I popped on top there, the Nine Lord of War. I just thought I had a chance to prove the best of the speed in this spot. Second time off the layoff, broke through the gate last time. Doesn't maybe look as fast as some of the others, but when, as you pointed out, none of them have run the par, I'm going to lean that much more heavily on something like pace and condition angles and trip angles, all three of which Lord at War, Lord of War has. I was going to probably make the the 10 and the 12 A's just on the numbers as the as you point out basically the the, the fastest horses and then one other I'll mention you didn't mention at all um, that that requires some imagination but again I'll be more imaginative in races where horses haven't want, run the par the one tonal impact always interested to see maker off the claim trying something new in this case stretching out and going to turf Again, seemingly not fast enough, but that could also just lead to a drift in the price. And since this is the first leg, we can have a look. Uh, this is a horse I don't need at four to one, but if it's eight or ten to one, I'd love to have at least on some backups to kick off this pick six, which continues with this New York bred allowance race, race number six, going a mile and a sixteenth on the inner turf. And this was a spot where <laughs> you call me a homer, but I like the ten strike horse number nine. Um, oh, excuse me. I'm in the wrong race. <laughs> I'll take that again. <laughs> the horse I like best is number seven, Ruse, possibly uh, the best speed I thought would likely end up using stalk and pounce tactics. I just like the last two races of Ruse, which uh, given the early pace Ruse had shown, maybe some improvement that isn't obvious on paper. And then I also wanted to use number 11, Regal Speaker, who I thought had a chance to be the best closer in a race where there might be too much pace signed on and things could potentially collapse a little bit. 7-11 for me, I was going to back up uh, on one line with the four, Danzig with the stars, who I thought might get the right kind of trip and be a solid price as well. Nick, how did you see this one? Yeah, you know, this in many ways boils down to what you're going to do with the seventh race on June 19th, where a number of runners from there come back in here, including Bar 14, who is the speed. Ruzi, you mentioned, who likely ran the best race, uh, despite being caught uh, right on the wire and losing by a nose. He tracked the pace the whole way, put away the other speed, and then uh, couldn't resist the, the fresh challengers, one of whom grabbed him right on the wire. 
Great Butts Warrior is another one who likely needed that race coming back off a layoff for Chad. You know, the problem that I have, Pete, with a horse like Great Butts Warrior is that you look at the the uh, eighth race yesterday where customer list was just pounded at the windows. And I fear that this is going to be a recurring theme with Chad, at least, you know, until and he's going to get going at the meet. It's no harm in, in the going winless the first day when he had just a couple of horses running. His horses are going to be over bad. And, and so Grape Nuts Warrior, people are going to see the sort of what they might think is a sexy kind of close and narrow miss and now second off the layoff. I would relegate him to more of a backup. I'd want to focus on Ruse and Regal Speaker as well. I don't know if maybe we're being a little too clever with Regal Speaker, if there's any tread left on the tire, but I do know he's been facing much better competition. I do think he put in a little bit of a run last time out before flattening out. Worth noting, Danny Gargan won a race on opening day, had another runner in the opener, looked like he was well positioned before getting into a little traffic trouble around the far turn. So I don't think his barn is, uh, is, is struggling by any means. Two horses that are worth mentioning um, that don't come out of that June 19th heat are the three Ghost Giant and the five straw into gold. Ghost Giant was face compromised behind Dancing Buck. That was a better field, obviously, than this. He's getting back to New York Red competition. The problem with him is that he's just had a lot of time between drinks of water, and he's not winning races consistently at all, coming up with, uh, with seemingly every excuse in the book. But you do have to recognize the company he's kept. Straw into gold had a phenomenal trip last time and came up a little bit short to click attack, but uh, not far now, who was third in there, came back and one, uh, albeit against Lester, a couple of starts later at uh, Belmont on Sunday. He's a horse that I think you could make an excuse for. He's just another one that's had a hard time winning races as well. So it's one of those where there could be a horse that jumps up and runs well, and you say to yourself, how did that happen? And you look, and they've got the form for it. They're just uh, maybe uh, it's been a little bit of time between uh, when they've been able to get it done. So Seven Eleven is main horses for me. I'll use uh, probably the two, three, five, and 9 as backups. All right, good stuff. I, I think a spready approach does make sense in a spot like this. And yeah, you do see horses. And I've never looked at these numbers, but I'll, I, I'd love to find a way to, to sort of prove it. But that idea that you're going to have horses more at a meet like Saratoga, who are maybe, you know, haven't, haven't won in a while, haven't been racing in a while, uh, running back to a big number, because so many people point to this meet and it, they don't just point to the stakes races, you can find people pointing to $25,000 claimers when it's, when it's a meet like Saratoga where winning the races means so much more to the connections than just money does. Let's talk about the seventh race. I already tipped my hand as to who I like in this quarter claimer going a mile and an eighth on the dirt. Am I just being a homer or uh, do, we, do we like a Roman Empire in here? Well, if so, you've got company because I picked Roman Empire. And um, I think he actually is a really good fit. I know that uh, Marshall Graham, of course, our mutual friend and friend of the program network, uh, Ten Strike, was uh, ideally looking for two-turn horses for Saratoga. He loves these mile and eighth races, of which there are quite a few, through the first few cards, which I know makes Marshall happy. And I don't think Roman Empire really had any kind of big downturn in his form since he was claimed by Michelle John Julio. I just don't think he was the horse that he was earlier in 2021 when he got taken uh, back in January. And I do think there's an argument to be made that he was against the grain of the track last time. It was a good rail, and uh, he was wide much of the way under Jorge Vargas Jr. He looks like a horse that just wants to outside chase. There's not a lot of speed in here, and that feels like what could end up being the right kind of trip. I would also use the four American Pure, who's taking a huge class drop, likely didn't handle the sloppy track last time out, and has a race two back that if he runs, he'll be tough to handle. Same can be said for the five Willie Sutton. He's coming off of two dull performances against considerably better, but his March race at Laurel 
would make him a, a definite contender. And I'll tell you who I think is dangerous in here, Pete, and, and maybe some would laugh, but the Finger Lakes Invader, I am the cash man for Chris Progno, who is a high percentage trainer with a small barn. He's come into Saratoga with success. He's got a win in the last five years and a couple of in-the-money finishes. This is a one-way play. This horse is going straight to the front. And if he's able to get the lead and establish himself, he could get a little brave. I don't disagree at all. I had in my backup mix, and we know JK, huge fan of those uh, Finger Lakes shippers, has had some caches over the years on him. It sounds like you've got the nine. Is it nine as an A, four, five, six as Bs? Or would you elevate um, a runner like the four to the A line? Yeah, I would use the four and nine as As. I'd back up with the one, five, and six. Okay, one, five, and six. In my backups, I was going to go four, three, two, and six in race number seven. And then we'll move to, to race number eight, where we've got stakes action with the Coronation Cup. These three-year-old fillies going five and a half return to the races of Breeders' Cup victor Twilight Gleaming. And I'll probably live to regret these words, but I think I'm going to try to beat her here. And, and with my pick, I may be grasping at straws, but I've always been a fan of Derry Name. And while she has not looked good, particularly this year, watching back the last race, I'm tempted to conjure an excuse that maybe she moved a little bit too early into the fast pace. Two back, I think, was just a bad trip going too far. I feel like this might be the day Derry Nane's actually a decent price, and I want to keep her on side. I wanted to use the 11 Empress Tiger off of that impressive debut for an outfit I trust, and then I was going to reflexively back up with the four and the eight who beat my top one last time. What numbers do you want to use in the coronation? Well, it's worth noting, first of all, that four horses in here are re-entered in the Blue Sparkler at Monmouth on Saturday. Uh, Marissa's Lady, Ben Bang, Mystic Eyes, and uh, Sweet Solaire. So I- I'm going to assume that all of those are going to come out because I don't think you re-enter on Wednesday for a race that you already entered on Friday. Um, without yeah. thinking you're going to go elsewhere, which is good because you mentioned four horses, none of whom are, are the ones entered in the blue sparkler. I'll tell you my dairy name concern. I think she's a rail rat. And and mm-hmm. so I, I worry that Joelle was really committed to keeping her inside two starts back. And then she got a little lost last time out when she was asked to make an outside move. Now, I agree with your sentiment that she probably was asked to move a little bit early. And horses like this just have one burst, right? I mean, they can't take a, a, a one furlong move and turn it into a, a prolonged two to three furlong bid. I'm totally on board with beating Twilight Gleaming, who I think looks noticeably like a horse who wants to go five eights and not much farther. Um, she shortened up quite a bit late in the Palisades, despite really slow fractions at a place where Wesley Ward never loses turf sprints. And then in the Mantel, <laughs> she was she was all out to, to get to the wire. Um, and, and the pace was not particularly strong in there. Of course, the question becomes, how much is Static Fire going to push her? I'm going to hope that she pushes her really all the way and that sets things up. I really like Empress Tigress in here. I think Empress Tigress is ideally situated to get to the turf. Jonathan Thomas is 6 for 21 with a 290 ROI going synthetic to turf. The dam here is a half to both uh, Miss Technicality and stays in Vegas. So there's real turf pedigree. And I'll tell you, Pete, I didn't get too in the weeds on this, but from her maiden win on debut at Woodbine, there are three runners back that have improved their buyer speed figures by 30, 31, and 16 points. So this is a filly who looks like she ran into a, uh, a field that not only did she dominate, but it may have had a little bit of quality. So I'm going to get a little aggressive here in lone A, the 11, um, try and take what, what could be my best opinion in the sequence and maximize it a little bit. And I'll use, uh, planning on Marissa's Lady being out, I'll use the four, and six, and eight as backups. Uh, Marissa's Lady is actually a half to Richard's boy who was second 
in the Breeders' Cup Turf Sprint back in 2017. So she has a little turf ability. This could be Bill Morey getting a little cheeky and looking to get one of these races off the turf, but looks like it's not going to happen. So I'm going to try and go with what, uh, what will end up being hopefully a decent opinion on Empress Tigers. We just have a few minutes left, two more races to cover. Next up being the Forbidden Apple Mile on the inner turf for this grade three. Nick, we'll keep it with you. Yeah, you know, I really like public sector here. I actually made public sector my play of the day. I think it's going to be time where a lot of people are jumping ship on him after his uh, his poor comeback at Churchill, which I can't tell you how thick the line should be that you should draw through that race. The Churchill form has just not held up at all in terms of being predictive whatsoever. And then in the poker, he was badly paced compromised. And Jose Ortiz did everything he could to, to get him to a comfortable spot to make a run. They just didn't move in there at all. And uh, I think Wolfie's nine ago holding on for a second tells you about all you need to know. Is he the same as he was as a three-year-old? I mean, figure-wise, now you would say yes, but he's going to need another forward move because the likes of Set Piece and Mira Mission come in in very good form. They both come in off of terrific efforts. I'm going to end up using all three. I know that seems a little little bit uh, heretical off of my uh, my making him the play of the day. I'll, I'll intra-race. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get in on him as much as I can. I'll back up with the 12th Sanctuary City, who seems to fire every time and gets a little bit more pace to run at in here. I just didn't see much else because it looks to me like everybody else in here is going to get a less than ideal trip given their running style and the way this thing shapes up on paper. 713 on the top line with the, the 12 as the B? Yes, sir. All right. I put Mirror Mission on top. Strong form and figs. Two angles I absolutely love. Moving into the fast pace last time and grade one form in a grade three with a horse that's not going to be the favorite. I also made set piece and A. Very obvious on numbers. I wasn't sure what to do with your top pick public sector. I did want to include as a backup and you make a very good point about the comeback race and the way that that Churchill form off that problematic turf course hasn't you know necessarily been so predictive. One wacky one I want in there for at least a penny is the four. Yes and yes, just to have somewhere in the mix. Looks to have really improved of late, and uh, you know maybe I'm attracted to the owner breeder and uh, the old Harvey Pack line. Don't leave out Gleaves. I thought yes and yes could potentially trip out at a massive price. I was going to leave in the mix. Let's move it to the nightcap, Nick, so we can get you out of here relatively on time. Three-year-old fillies, uh, New York bread allowance types. We're going six and a half on the dirt. How are we going to get paid? Yeah, I like the nine. She's a wild joker who I feel like is going to be kind of a wise guy play. Looks like could be the main speed on the outside, dropping in class. This is a pretty classic case of a horse who likely bled last time. Now comes back off the bench with Lasix. Uh, Dave Donk has a really good record with fresh horses. So I'm expecting improvement from this daughter, Practical Joke, who uh, has definitely shown plenty of ability in the past. And, um, and and aside from her, I'm going to use the five Valorand, who uh, comes back off a long layoff for Charlie Baker. Really good effort, two back here at Saratoga when she was victorious at 16 to one. The only other one for me is the two rows of Aloche, who's dropping in class significantly, ran on the wrong part of the racetrack last time out as well, and looks like a filly who can really improve at a price. I'm sorry, not at a price. She's probably going to be the favorite, but um, facing weaker competition than she did last time out, no question about it. I popped her on top, thought that was a very tough go of things last time and possibly wide against the strong field. Just looks like a runner capable of bouncing back. My other A was she's a wild joker as well, uh, dropping out of stakes company, chance to be the best speed. And then I was going to back up with the three and the seven in a race where if it's not one of those two, I kind of have no idea what's going to happen. I will probably, with that in mind, uh, make sure to include your five Valorand as well at what should be a very big price. Nick, thank you so much. For your time on this, we'll, we'll have you on the late week show talking about Monmouth later, and we'll see you very soon. 
Sounds great, my friend. Thanks for having me. Good luck, everybody. Good stuff. Godspeed, everybody. The special edition, carryover edition for Saratoga of the In the Money Players podcast. We'll be back soon. Uh, Check us out. And may you win all your photos.